Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. Continuing on Take Command with the much-awaited Logan Paulson Senior Bowl debrief. Uh, Little, you know, small coaching news items got in the way of what people really want, which is draft nuggets, Logan. Uh, You you now have a week to reflect on on the week that you had down in Mobile. Uh, Where did your eyes wind up going for for much of that week, um, both in general and, and kind of maybe some positions that you were you were biased to look at because they're gigantic needs for Washington. Yeah, so first off, like if you want to hear my thoughts on every single day that I was down there, we did a podcast with the command center crew every day, and that's kind of my immediate reaction. And so now you're getting a much more mature, much older, much wiser Logan Paulson who's reviewed the film. So uh, this is that. That's take this, command, baby. This, We're notoriously mature and wise. That's this podcast. But if you want the uh, the daily updates on some players, just hear some different names, go check that out on the Commander's um, Instagram, uh, not Commander's Instagram, Commander's uh, Podcast Network. So, um, so first off, high-level thoughts is, you know, you go into the senior bowl with some like preconceived notions, like specifically like positions of strength, positions of weakness. And so like, I thought there weren't going to be that many edge rushers down there, right? Guys that would have like, you know, have dynamic kind of pass rushing assets. And I came out of there going like, with those second round picks, those high second round picks, there's going to be some ball players there. I thought the offensive line had kind of a unique situation in the sense that they had a bunch of guys who are going to measure and look the part very well, but are a little bit green. But the talent, like the athletic ability of those guys is very, very high end. Um, I came in also thinking kind of I was a little bit mixed on the receivers because none of the top flight guys are going to be there. You know, there's like those seven right. or eight top flight receivers. None of them were going to be there. Neighbors, Harrison, et cetera. Right. And uh, the two guys from Texas weren't coming. The two guys, you know, the other guy from LSU, Brian Thomas Jr. wasn't going to be there. And I was kind of like, well, who's going to be there? And the name was kind of Xavier Leggett. And then you realize, man, like there are some outstanding outstanding receivers here, you know, um, defensive back. There's a couple names that stick out to you, but you know, none of them really like kind of separated themselves. I think there was probably five guys that were pretty good, but I think the talent at receiver was that was kind of the story of the day that the kind of unexpected talent on the defensive line and just kind of the athletic freaks on the offensive line were guys that was just like, Holy cow. And then the other one I think that I was a little surprised by was the running backs. And the reason I was surprised by the running backs is because there was, I think there's, 10 running backs there there's five on a team and just the ability for all of them to catch the football at a high level i thought you know for the last couple of years this team's been looking for like a true scat back third down back and i'm like man there's there's a bunch of those guys in this year's draft that get you excited who have a lot of juice or explosive playmakers um, and can catch the football like receivers so 
Um, in terms of needs for Washington, I kind of came out like, even though this isn't like the top end running back, there's no Saquon, there's no um, elite player, there's no Jameer Gibbs. Uh, there are some guys mm. that definitely fill needs for you from a talent standpoint. Yeah, I do wonder. I feel like that scat back uh, is kind of something Washington needs. Like they've got B-Rob, they've got Rodriguez is yes. kind of B-Rob insurance. But that pass catching uh, versatile player, especially like if Cliff is going to spread it out and have a, you know, 11 yeah. or a 10, you know, five wide, 10 personnel type of thing. Um, and yeah, that could be that could be interesting to see if that guy can split out and, and you get some of those formations, maybe out of 11 or maybe yeah. out of some different, some different personnel groupings, but similar uh, formationally. Um, as far as the lines go, we know that that is a huge emphasis for, for Dan and for Adam uh, is getting the offensive line and, and the rest of the defensive line outside of that middle with Allen and Payne, which is already set, assuming that those two guys are in place. Uh, where do you, where do you lie a little bit deeper, maybe some names on yeah. the edge class? Like, can they, can they get a starter? Because they're not going to, I would doubt they take one at two. Um, I guess yeah. if they trade down, maybe they get, you know, all of a sudden they're sitting at seven or 13. They trade with like Atlanta or Vegas or somewhere in that realm. They could take a, an edge player in the first round. Yeah. But presuming that the first edge guy comes for them at at 34 or whatever that uh, that Bears pick is, 46, I think. Yeah. Um, what, actually it's not that late, but anyway, 39, whatever it I is. I think it's 40, uh, it's 40 or something, 438 maybe, something like that, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah whatever. The Bears pick. Uh, what are some names to watch and did any of the guys at the Senior Bowl, or are those the names that we're watching? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Latu Latu's there and he's probably the most dynamic edge rusher, but he's going to be like a top 20 pick. I mean, he's going to have some medical issues. He's not going to test really well, but his film is amazing. Like, he's an amazing football player. And so he's kind of in that same category as like Jared Burst, the defensive end from Florida State. Or, um, or Dallas Turner from Alabama. Like those guys are kind of the top three dudes. Those are going to be first round players. And I guess one of them could slip out, but they're not slipping out of the top 25. So a guy that I was high on going in was a guy named uh, Darius Robinson from Missouri. He's 6'5", he's 295. And if you've consumed any senior bowl content since the senior bowl, you know about this guy. If you haven't, you probably haven't heard of him. He is an absolute monster. He plays defensive end. I think he could play stand-up in a 3-4. He's got heavy hands. He's got violent, violent striking capability. He can rush from the inside as a three technique. He can rush the perimeter. He's strong. He's aggressive. He's competitive. And like when I was listening to the press conference, obviously I just come back from the senior bowl, and I was like, Darius Robinson is the guy. Like he is the guy. And a lot of people had fourth-round grades on him going into this process. Um, I think he might be a first-round player now. But again, if he slips out of the first round and you're sitting there at 35 and he's there, I think the way Dan plays this defense, I think with the needs on this defense, I think you sprint that pick in. I don't think you even think twice about it. I think he's a tremendous football player, and he's kind of built and wired the way that Dan wants these guys to be wired. Another guy is uh, Braswell from Alabama. Again, a little bit stiff, um, got some power qualities as an edge rusher, 6'4". Uh, I think he's 256. Um, very, very physical, a little bit limited in terms of kind of pass rush moves, but a solid guy, played at Alabama, good football player. Show, again, flash that power trait. Adisa Isaac from Penn State is another guy that I thought had a really good week, and everyone kind of, kind of talks about Chop Robinson. Again, Chop Robinson's a guy that, depending on the interview process, depending on how you like him, might slip there to that uh, top end of the, uh, the second round. Um, Chop is a guy that is not very technical, but he's going to probably run a 4-4 and probably jump 42 inches. Like, he is a freak. So if he were to slide just because of preference, 
maybe that's a guy that catches your eye, but Adisa Isaac is the guy that plays opposite him. He is, uh, he's got some real ability, real juice. He, you know, Talisi Fuaga is probably the best offensive lineman there from Oregon State, 6'6", 335, 340. And he hit him with a bull rush and hit him with some speed. And you're like, that's an NFL offensive tackle. That's an NFL winning pass rush. So I like that. And I think those guys were probably the guys that stuck out the most. Austin Booker from Kansas is another guy uh, that is very, very technically raw. 6'6", 245, not quite developed there physically, but showed some juice and probably like a, a third-round guy, third, fourth-round guy that, again, could fill a need for the commander. So I came out of this process actually thinking, man, there are some pieces here that that could potentially fill needs uh, depending on the type of system they want to run, but some good competitive physical football players at the top of the second round. And then there's other guys that I think could kind of, you know, maybe that third, fourth-round range, you're like, okay, we got a good football player here that fills a need for us. Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So it's so interesting hearing you talk about some of these guys that are raw and have potential and feeling optimistic about that. Yeah. Uh, optimistic about that. And that's the Dan Quinn effect. Yeah. Like you just, it, you think about what he did with Micah and taking a guy that was seen as a middle linebacker and turning him into arguably the best pass rusher in the NFL, uh, stretches inarguably the best pass rusher in the NFL over the last couple of years. And you think like a uh, chop Robinson with that speed. And you're like, well, that was what Parsons was. Yeah. Um, you know, a guy who can just, run people down explosive can you teach him how to turn some of that speed into power um he's obviously already very powerful um in his own right but that kind of uh prospect or a darius robinson like you mentioned yeah. you know he said he can rush from all these different spots and i'm like well that's the micah parsons piece. Right. like and not not that dan needs micah parsons to coach he didn't have that piece that he moved around um, as kind of the the queen on the chessboard, if you right. will, um, in Seattle, and he did just fine. But if he has that and can replicate that in some meaningful way, like that would be obviously very very beneficial. Yeah. And the confidence level to do that compared to uh, kind of the 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 confidence level we've had the last couple of years uh, with with a piece like that, where you're like, no, you need the perfect piece. I think is really exciting, and it right. shows you how much the coaching matters. And I'd also ask this, is there anybody like one or two guys that really sticks out from what Dan is looking for? And he would define that as, you know, physical explosive and strains like hell. Um, that, that is kind of what they're, they're looking for. That's the, the type of player that they want. They want a player who, you know, you see them, they're yeah. straining, they're working hard, but they're powerful and explosive. And like, that's a commander's player. Is there, is there one or two of those guys among that list that really stands out? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to Darius Robinson. He was, he was voted the practice player of the week for a reason. Like he just finished the football. He was violent. He was aggressive with it. I mean, like he could not he could not have had a better week of practice, you know, like, and he, I like his film a lot and I had a second round grade on him, but dude, he was an animal. Another guy is Brandon Fisk, Fisky. I'm sorry. That's how you say him from Florida state. He's a defensive tackle, but in terms of like the commander's new player, dude had a motor that would not stop defensive tackle six, four, 295 pounds. But man, his motor was fantastic. He'd get blocked. He'd get pushed down. He'd snap up like, there was just no, absolutely no stop to his game. And I know he's got shorter arms or like 32 or 31 in inches, which is for a defensive tackle pretty short. 
but I could, there were, there were plays where I could not take my eyes off of that guy just because there was a relentlessness to him that you're just like, Oh my God. Like I want that guy. I want those two football players because I, I can tell they love it. I can tell they're passionate about it. And it was just, it was fantastic. So I, I think those guys are guys that stick out to me. I'm just kind of looking over my notes here real quick. Another guy is uh Martian Keelan. Like, he was awesome. He's from Western Michigan, edge, kind of like, I think he was 6'3", 270-ish pounds, but played with good power, played with great bend, that same kind of relentlessness. And I love I love seeing that. So, again, there's like five or six guys right there. I know I mentioned a defensive tackle, but Keelan is an edge, yeah. and he'll go in the second round. And I think like th- those are four dudes right there that I think are value edge. Obviously, I prefer uh, um, Keelan over the other two guys. Um Isaac and uh, Braswell, because I think he's just a better football player. And I prefer um, Darius Robinson over all, all of them. But like all of those guys are good players. All of them play hard. All of them are super competitive. So I, I just I love what that brings. And I coming into the opportunity, you're kind of like, man, this is a weak edge class. There's nobody there. But those are four dudes. You're like, man, we're a better football team if they're on the roster. So I'm excited to see everybody's mock draft screenshots now include Darius Robinson at 34 for for Washington. I hope Uh, so. And I would say that we probably are due maybe next week for mock draft 1.0 for us. Yep. Um, Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, I think we should do two rounds, aka we get three picks instead of just, all right, uh, we did the commander's pick at two and uh, that's our mock draft. It was a little more fun when it was in the middle or a little more podcast friendly when you were in the middle of it uh, last year. So let's apply some of those same questions to the offensive line real quick, and then we will get to the week of the quarterbacks, and especially uh, Bo Nix, who seemed to really shine down there. But offensive line-wise, if the commanders want to be able to come out of this draft, and especially the first uh, really three rounds with at least one starting offensive lineman, what kind of candidates are we looking at? Yeah, so I think it depends on whether you're looking internal or, you know, tackle, like guard or tackle here in terms of what what kind of player. Obviously, Tlisi Fuaga is like the big name. Some people have him as the number two tackle on their board. Absolute monster out of Oregon State. I was, um, I want to say I was a little disappointed with his performance. Again, nothing crazy. His film's excellent. But a guy that is still going to go probably top 15, it's just he could have gone top 10. I think now I see maybe a little bit of guard to his game that I didn't see there before, like kind of like Brandon Sheriff type player. Uh, then there's the Tyler Guyton. You're going to hear that name a lot over the next couple of weeks. He's the guy from Oklahoma, 6'7". I think he's 320. Big old Haas, long arms, former tight end, played running back in high school, an absolute Whew. beast. But because of that athletic potential, he's probably going to be a, you know, a first-round guy. I think he's worked his way in that. Um, Josh Morgan from Arizona, another guy that I think people are going to hear a lot about. He is um, he's interesting because I think people thought he was a tackle. I think he's going to play guard now. I think he's 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 going to be a good football player, but could be a guard, could slide into the second round, maybe at that 35 spot. Still feels like a first-round player to me, kind of like um, the gentleman that Dallas drafted in the first round last year from uh, uh, Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith, yeah. Kind of feels like that a little bit. A little technically raw good play strength, really good athlete, but going to be a good guard at the next level. If he does slide in there, I think you feel really good about it. So the problem is I think all these guys that played well are going to bump into the first round, you know, um, um, powers Johnson from Oregon, the center there. I think he was, people were kind of floating him in the second round range, big old dude, six, three, I think he's three forty. moves like an absolute maniac, but he is going to probably be a first round player now as well. So that kind of leaves you with a bunch of guys that, you know, I think maybe aren't necessarily household names. And 
First one is Patrick Paul, and he's uh, he's Chris Paul's brother. So kind of a funny story there from Houston. He's 6'7". I think he weighed in at 335. He had 36-inch arms. So absolutely the prototype for the position. Like he is like what you're looking for for an offensive tackle. Uh, the problem is very technically raw. Like he went to Houston. Not sure how good the O-line coaching was there. He was so much bigger and stronger than everybody. So he kind of got away with some stuff that, um, you know, that you wouldn't normally be able to get away with. So I think he's an interesting guy because I think he's definitely got it from a physical standpoint. He's got it from a mentality standpoint. Got to dial in the technique a little bit. Like his first rep in one-on-ones was against Braswell, and Braswell kind of walked him back into the quarterback. And like I said, Braswell from Alabama, it's not a huge man, you know. Um, So, But get tightening the hands up, working the anchor, working the base. Another guy that I thought had a great week that nobody was talking about was uh, Christian Jones from Texas. And everyone kind of had him as, as a later kind of, I want to say, like fifth round, fourth round type of guy. Um, but he's played a lot of football. He's a six-year guy from Texas. Uh, he's 6'4", six, six, I think he's 6'5", he's 320. Excellent technique, 34-inch arms. And the first day of one-on-ones, didn't lose a rep. Was absolutely dominant. Slowed down a little bit after that. But a guy that is very experienced, I think has some guard flexibility. And so does he play himself into the top end of the second round? Probably not, but is he a good football player that if you needed to take a swing on somebody, I think that'd be a great fit. Um, and then the guard from uh, guard from uh, UConn. UConn is a very interesting guy. Small school guy, uh, small or, or school guy, excuse me. I don't want to b- besmirch UConn there. But uh, Christian Haynes. Um, as long as you're not doing it for basketball, they don't care. <laughs> yeah, right. And he uh, he was an absolute maniac. Like he was finishing guys. He was, you could hear, I was sitting in, I sit in like the top, section of the bleachers so i sit way up high so i can watch the offensive line that you know the receivers the running backs kind of everybody at once and i could hear him yelling like talking smack like you know this weak ass you know asset you know you know like and just going nuts and playing like living up to that billing so a guy that i think a lot of people had in the fifth round again probably plays his way into the second just showing he can deal with kind of the the higher level of competition so there are some guys there again there's war- he's probably the most complete player in that conversation we're just talking about the kid from UConn Christian Haynes but like um, Patrick Paul really interesting from a size weight measurable standpoint Um, Christian Jones from an experienced technicality standpoint very very interesting Um, and I don't think I don't think people they were in that conversation at the top of the second before this week but I think now they probably are so yeah, I am. Uh, I'm very curious to see what Washington does. Uh, oh. it, obviously, with those first forty or those those first three picks in the in the top forty ish. But then you know they do have a bunch of other ones, six in the top one hundred two. So you know some of these guys that maybe coming out of Senior Bowl look like they're seconds. They were fifths going in. Do yeah. they actually wind up settling into the third and becoming available for Washington? Could be interesting. Yeah, another guy. I just looking at my notes. I left his name off. Was Kingsley Suamataya from BYU? Again, a guy that's got like that tackle frame, very raw, kind of similar to Patrick Paul, but I think had a better week of practice, honestly. So there are very talented kind of prototypical body types there for you that again, get you really excited, you know, get you really excited. And, and I know we had uh Nagy on, he was like, this is kind of a weak draft, but I think the top 120 is pretty damn good. You know? And I think that they're like going down, this is the best senior bowl I've been to. This is the best senior bowl I've watched in a while. And I think it's just talent rich. It's talent rich at specific spots, offensive line. I think offensive tackle specifically, there are some guard players, obviously. Uh, we mentioned the kind of the bump at edge rusher that I saw here, the running back talent. 
and the receivers are very, very talented. But I do think there are some opportunities to get some people that, um, you know, get some good stuff going for them. So. Yeah, uh, we'll see if the contour of the draft uh, influences, obviously, what Washington does as well. Do they trade up, uh, try to get back into the second round? And, you know, kind of as we, we finish out the evaluations over the next couple of months, you know, how valuable are those fourth through seventh round picks? There's, there's so much here, uh, which is why we'll continue to talk about it.